Dum Dum Away! Zero, zero, one, one, zero, 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 one, zero, one, zero, one, 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 Welcome to Screen Review Time Warp. I'm Tyson. And I'm Andrew. And I'm Zach. And here is where we talk about the past, present, and future of all things TV and movies. Mm. Cinema. Yeah. Uh, so, it's been a while. How you been? Yeah, it's been, it's a, been while. a while. Sorry, guys. Go, you going well? Good. Yeah, yeah it's good. been a month. Sorry. It's been busy times we, for me. News. Yeah, all of us. Very busy times. Planning. Unfortunately, we, we all have uh, jobs and things that we need to do on the side. So just yeah. life. It yeah. Just, yeah. Things just things. That's it. That's right. Getting so, puppies. Someone's... Someone's getting married, and he just got a little puppy. Oh, oh so my goodness. You suddenly hear us go, no, wait, don't do that. Because there's a brand new little puppy who's running around our feet at the moment as we record. He sure is. But yeah. he's adorable. Devil dog. But anyway, we're back again. Mm. Sorry for the break. Yep. Uh, and in this episode, we are going to be, well, we are going to be covering uh, Blade Runner 2049. Mm. Is present? Mm. That is. But before, mm. we get, before we get to that, let's, uh, let's talk about some things in the past. So, mm. uh, Zach, I'll... what are you bringing for us? Sweet. I'm bringing... Uh... A classic, Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. Oh, so, so good. 1984 mm. was released, directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, probably, well, he's a great director all around, but the 80s was definitely his heyday. He had just had hit after hit in the 80s. And produced by Lucasfilm, am I right? And yes, Lucasfilm. Who was it written by? Was it written by George Lucas? Well, yeah, he wrote the original screenplay. For, um, yeah. yeah, he wrote it, yeah. So for those people who possibly are a bit confused about which one's which, why don't you start with... Which Indiana Jones is this? And maybe for some people, what is Indiana Jones? Yeah, so this is the second Indiana Jones in the um, in the trilogy. I guess there is a fourth one, but you know we don't talk about that one. Um, so the synopsis is as follows. Um, this follows Indiana Jones, who's a world-famous archaeologist in India, as he agrees to help a desperate village find their missing magical stone, of which has been taken by a revive, revived cult city. So mm. it stars Harrison Ford as the titular hero, Indiana Jones. Also stars... Mm. Kate Capshaw, interestingly, um, who is who was Steven Spielberg's future wife, um, also stars um, a guy called Jonathan Kikwan, who is also in The Goonies. He was kid in The Goonies as well. <laughs> the the, the two go. movies that he's actually been in was this film and The Goonies. Crazy. Yeah. That's it. Those two and that's it. That's it. Yeah, he hasn't oh, been wow. anything else yet. <laughs> um, so this movie, it's like very... The Indiana Jones series, just in general, really laid out the foundation of just fun adventure movies to follow yeah it really like that's what this kind of set out to do and these were hugely commercially and critically successful oh yeah um i feel like this movie is just really just a lot of fun to watch um you get a real sense that it really defines what a good adventure movie should be i mean the highlight for me probably in this film is the last kind of half an hour where it's just constant non-stop thrill ride action and i'm watching this in 2017 it was made in the 80s and still i'm like flip this is like Edge of your seat. It's just really, really fun action. What was the bad guy going? Kalima. Yeah. So the bad guys in this series is um this kind of weird kind of, just a weird cult. They're not really sadistic or anything. Was just, it the Russians or the Germans that were there? Um, no. Oh, I think you're thinking of the... Um, Temple of Doom. And, uh, oh, what was it? The Last Crusade. Yeah. Um, which was oh, the Germans. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But there was, there was another force there at that temple in India. No, it was just, oh, it was like the natives to the land, but it wasn't like, it was like some king or something like that. Was it? Oh, yeah. I, thought, I thought there was. No, so this is purely on the cult. Oh, um, and this go. is actually, while I say it's a great adventure film, it's actually very dark as well for an adventure mm, film. Yeah. Mm. Around about the time, this was rated PG, of course, there was quite a bit of controversy surrounding this film because there is. Really? Well, there's just a lot of dark elements to the film. You got like 
Indiana um, Jones going up against the cult. There's I was going to say, aren't they cannibals as well, or is of sorts? Yeah, I mean, there's okay. a scene where like um to transfer um a human to their kind of cult, they actually like reach in and take out their heart and stuff That's right. like that. Yeah. Um, but even though while it is very dark, um, the film never takes itself too seriously at any point. Yeah. Um, it's real kind of, I wouldn't say it's it quippy humor, quippy humor very by quippy. Indiana Jones because Indiana Jones. As portrayed very well by Harrison Ford, um, he's very like he's he's educated, but he's very cocky as well in a mm. sense. I feel like yeah. when he goes on his adventures, he's like just, he knows that he's good. Yeah, yeah, and he just does not care about like um the lady who's like, I just want to go home. I want to go back to my bath in Japan and everything. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Let's just do the job and get it done. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's the film I brought. I thought it was just such a fun watch. Definitely recommend that you watch Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, first one. Which yeah, is the first, first one. Oh, yep. that's, sorry, yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's, yep. that's the one with the Nazis. Um, I would like one... to propose something to you yep. about Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then watch yeah. Last Crusade as well. And yeah. then watch Last Crusade. Yeah. If Indiana Jones never went to stop them from opening up the Ark of the Covenant, mm-hmm. all of that still would have happened. Everyone still would have died mm. and he could have been sipping a mojito somewhere <laughs> him in, being like, there yeah. is irrelevant to the end of that movie not necessary for the plot not necessary but at it's all. a film andrew <laughs> but that is that is i think um the uh, i keep wanting to say indiana jones and the holy grail <laughs> which is not right yeah. um but yeah in that i think is the most memorable of the movies for me because it's I don't know just those themes of like and then he meets the that that un, not the undead but that immortal um yeah knight who's guarding in the I third can, film yeah. that's the third one yeah oh, okay. with his dad with mr sean connery wait yeah. hang on oh so sorry first one is the race <laughs> is the Ugh. ark of the covenant here you go this is me saying it's the most memorable and i've already confused it <laughs> raise the lost ark is the ark of the covenant temple yeah. of doom is, is the cult, with the, cult. cult with the stones yeah and then the last crusade is, is the, the holy grail the holy grail ah okay mm. yeah. and then the fourth one there is no fourth one <laughs> <laughs> moving on um but no would really recommend you watch it heaps mm. of fun oh yeah um just a great. I mean, you could watch it with the family. Depends on how old your kids are, but um, really fun, real great yeah. adventure film. It is a little mm. slow, just for the exposition and the start. And mm. Obviously, all the um, the monkey brains. That was the my yeah, memorable the monkey, bit from it. Yeah, the monkey, when they're all sitting down for the brain. feast. Um, mm. but as I said, it never takes itself too seriously. Like yeah. it's just all that fun. You just go. It's just a great, enjoyable movie to watch on a good Saturday night. So yeah, absolutely recommended. And it's great seeing um Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, just being as as we were just saying that kind of like the hero, the yeah. very yeah. Uh, typical hero. And he's, mm. he gets out of any situation and yeah. he does it yeah. really well. And yeah. he looks good while he does yeah. it. Like it's, yeah, I mean, it might good. seem very um, cookie cutter by today's standards, but by then yeah. it was a whole new kind of ball game. It had, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Right. had it been portrayed as well as it had in Indiana Jones back in the eighties. Yeah. Revolutionary. Especially. Oh yeah. Mm. yeah. And it holds up well. Cause before that, all they really had was, um, was like 007 that was like the one guy who could get into situations and get out yeah. before Indiana Jones came mm. along. Which, well, I think in terms of in terms of real like popularity, like I'm sure anyone who is older and actually lived through like the actual cinematic release of these films, they probably could educate us a bit more about mm. some other oh, styles yeah. like that. But in terms of the longevity, mm. like really off the top of my head, I think I, I can only think of James Bond. And look, you know, we, we might have some people yell yeah, at us and be like, what about these people? The, 70s and 80s those yeah. are really the two iconic characters mm. for, and still iconic yeah for men you know yeah i mean han solo was in 77 for yep. star wars mm-hmm. that's two true. massive franchises for the men but he wasn't on his own he had skywalker and princess mm. leia that's true, right you know mm. yeah that was it that there was you it. Go. go watch it guys the uh, indiana jones and the temple of doom
Yep, Temple of Doom. Very good. Yep. Well, uh, in my brief foray into the past, mm. I have been watching or re-watching um, with my wife recently, Star Trek Voyager. Mm. Star Trek. Yep. You lost me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andrew. <laughs> um, At least like, sound like you. <laughs> no, I'm going to listen and I'm going to be interested. That's right. But so, Star Trek was just never my jam. Yeah, and, that, and you know what? That's totally fine. Like, and yeah. there are lots of people who separate themselves into either... Trekkies mm. or Star Wars fans. Well, I think mm. it, if, if you break it down, it comes down to what your dad shows you. And for me, it was Star Wars with my dad. And yeah, you know your, what? Did actually, your dad show you Star Trek? Well, he never specifically... He showed us both, which yeah. so I love them both. But um, I feel like I've... See, I haven't seen every single Star Trek episode mm. of like all the series, but I feel that I've seen a fair chunk of them through osmosis. Like yep. he would have it playing in the background. In the background and yeah. like, you know, I'd sit there and I'd watch some of it mm. and then get up and leave and... Etc. So I think that's probably where it started. But, yeah, cool. But for anyone who doesn't know, so Star Trek, the original series followed um, Captain Kirk mm-hmm. and his crew yep. as they embarked on a seven-year mission seven. um, into uh, the Alpha Quadrant, which is basically the, the area of the galaxy that Earth is located in, um, and basically their adventures. And so until that point, it was basically the idea was that their, their, <laughs> their mission was like the first long-term mission. Yeah. Um, from that very successful series, it spawned a whole like franchise. So Ooh, yeah. you had this, you had mm. Star Trek: The Next Generation, which is a very well known with um, uh, Patrick Stewart playing Captain Jean Luc Picard. Yep. Um, and then after that came Deep Space Nine, which was set on a space station, which I don't really love, and it'll be made obvious in a second. Because the reason I love Voyager is because they. The premise of Voyager is in the very first episode, mm. they get basically transported from the Alpha Quadrant to the Delta Quadrant, okay. which is basically the other side of the galaxy, which mm. means that if they were traveling at their top speed, which is warp nine, which is the idea of um, nine times the speed of light, if they were traveling at that speed, it would take them um, 75 years okay. to get back to Earth. Yes. And so, for all intents and purposes, they are lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very interesting because it allows it allowed the series creator to to make a whole lot of new situations in the familiar style of Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. So you've got like for instance, you're not necessarily you're not running into any of the Klingon, for instance, no. and you're not running into any of your like normal kind of like so it's a whole Vulcans, new fresh take. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They the are only thing on the is other side the Starfleet. That's important. Exactly. And so and then there's a lot of it. I love it because it sets up this premise of like, even the the like they can't call home to Starfleet. No, they can't yeah, get. They're, they're on their own, yeah. and oh so the idea of like. So wait, is this the new one that's come out? No, no, no. no this no, is this, this is one like uh, came out oh, from ninety five to two thousand one. Gotcha. Is when it finished. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, it sets up all these new situations, and the reason I love sci fi in particular, and I think we'll get into this a lot more with our present with um the new Blade Runner. Yeah, is it allows you to tell stories and to look at ideas in ways that you or ideas that can't be just placed in a realistic setting. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'll give you one quick example. We watched an episode recently where two of the characters um in a essentially like a transporter accident yeah. came back merged into one person. What the hell? Yeah, and so <laughs> now obviously that like, doesn't were happen they in real life. disfigured or was it just like no, a no, split it was, personality? Well, the reason it was is that uh, um, they actually had a plant seed and the way this plant reproduces, it actually merges two lots of DNA. Okay. okay. And what it did is it basically merged their DNA in the transporter because what happens is it breaks them down to a molecular level and that's when it actually happened. So anyway, um, initially, the, like the 
straight away they were like, we need to separate them because they're two people and those two people now no longer exist. It's just this one person and that's mm. neither of them. But then obviously they can't get it done straight away. So it, it takes, I think, it's, I think it's about a month yeah. for them to work out how to do it. And they, by that point, this person has his own identity. Mm. He's got his own place in the crew. Mm-hmm. He's met with people. He and, doesn't want to separate. And it's the question yeah. of, are you... Like, is your responsibility to essentially end this person's life mm-hmm. so that you can bring back the two original people? Yeah. Or by not doing it, are you essentially killing those first two people yeah. because you have the ability? Mm-hmm. And it's those kind of questions, those ethical dilemmas that sci-fi allows you to tackle. Yeah. Because mm. it's um, so futuristic. There's exactly. There's so many like, yeah. um, opportunities and so yeah. many, yeah, just opportunities for interesting things to happen in interesting ways to really question. Definitely them. sounds like yeah. more of a, a drama than like an action series or anything like that. Yeah. That's very, kind of what Star Trek is. Yeah. It very much, well, I mean, it's, it's classed as action adventure sci-fi. Like mm. that's its kind of genre, mm. but yeah, that definitely that, more thinky show. Than, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. And obviously they've got this big thing of like, how do they get back? And mm-hmm. the whole thing at the end of the day is like, you know, well, all these things that we would normally do this way, we we can't necessarily do because we are going to all have to live together for possibly the rest of our lives. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's very, very interesting. I would, out of all of the Star Trek series, I think I'd probably say it's my favorite. Yeah. And yeah, that's, yeah, I like it very much. That's Too me from the past. Easy. Too easy. Well, while I talk about mine, do one of you want to pick him up and put him on the couch for me with his toy? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. My dog is yep. needy. We, sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, we've, we've got another sci-fi being brought to the table, yeah, don't we, so Andrew? As, what have you got for us? So what I've recently watched is Mr. Men in Black. Mm. 1997, mm-hmm. let's go back in time. That's right, yep. Absolutely. So, obviously, it stars Mr. Will Smith. Yep. Tommy Lee Jones. Yep. And Mr. Vincent D'Onofrio. Ah, oh, who is... The bad guy. And he's also is the kingpin in um yeah. in, in the Dead new Daredevil series. Yeah, yeah that's right. Daredevil. And from... Uh, uh, what's the TV show he was in? NCIS or... Uh, Law and Order, New York. One of those. One of those. <laughs> One of those many forensic TV shows. Anyway, Men in Black. Yeah, yeah, Men in Black. So Men in Black, read the quick synopsis for you about what it is. A police officer joins a secret organization that polices and monitors extra- extraterrestrial interactions on Earth. Mm-hmm. So Will Smith is the young, hip, brash, brash NYPD officer. And that's how I learned to spell NYPD and what it stood for from this oh. movie. Oh, there you go. <laughs> And uh, he obviously chases someone down at the very start of the movie mm-hmm. and realizes there's something different about this guy because mm, he, that's right. he breathes with his eyes. So yeah. his eyes blink a very different way. Automatically, he's freaked out. What the hell's going on? This guy kills himself because someone's coming to Earth. Then you flash forward to Tommy Lee Jones, who's with his old partner, mm. who's very old, um, couldn't kill this alien that was about to attack him. So obviously, he goes on a recruiting Rampage, here's mm. about this kid running down this certain alien. It's like, yep. hmm, this is interesting. At the very start, though, during the, like, the credits, mm-hmm. Marvel Comics pops up. Really? Yes, Marvel Comics. But then I watched two and three afterwards, and it changed to Malibu Comics. Yeah, because it, it was originally, I was going to say this, it was originally a graphic novel. Yeah. Um, and I did I've, not know that. Yeah, yeah, I've tried to get my hands on it. It's out of print. Mm. Um, I'd be very interested to see the original, because it was just one like it wasn't a series it was yeah, just okay, one just graphic a, novel okay. yeah um but yeah it's oh, and obviously the movie was far more um successful than the book ever was yeah so yeah so obviously will smith meets tommy lee jones and tommy lee jones tells him exactly who he is and what he's there for and will smith kind of freaks out he decides to join the secret agent yep 
agency. And then from there, Tommy Lee Jones has shown him what's going on and what it's all about. And obviously all these weird aliens, which obviously he'd never known if he hadn't joined Men in Black, start showing up. And then this big alien crashes from the sky and it's there to more or less destroy Earth. And Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones go on an absolute adventure spree to uh, save the galaxy. Yeah. Because the premise as well is that aliens are like everywhere. Everywhere. It's not just, yeah. oh, there are some aliens who come. Yeah. It's like, like essentially aliens half are normal the people, people you but see, they're, inside. Uh, yeah, they're all disguised. Because that's what the bad guy is. The bad guy crashes, kills Vincent D'Onofrio's character, yep. takes his skin off, then hides inside his skin. And he looks very mm. disjointed and talks funny. Yeah, that's funny. right. It's like the skin and doesn't fit him properly. It doesn't fit him properly, but he's still, you know, if you walk, saw him walking down the street, you'd think it was just some weird guy. Yeah. You know? So it, no, it's such a good movie from start to finish. Mm. It's a good popcorn movie. Yeah, Sit very down, much so. It's, watch it's, it. Yeah, very um, like pop sci-fi kind of thing. Oh, very pop sci-fi. Um, it just kind of, you, you go, you watch it, you get to the end, you're like, yep, sweet, wonderful, has some great moments in it. Um, yeah. I, what did you think of, so obviously there was a number two and then a number three much, much later. Yeah. What did you think of number two? Two was, two was okay. Yeah, was okay in my opinion, and three was just like, there's no need for this. Huh, that's interesting. I um, you enjoyed three. I thought two was kind of like very standard sequel. Yeah. Um, not that was bad because Men in Black one was good and yeah. fun, and Men in Black two was inter- interesting. Um, had a great kind of concept and plot. Um, I really enjoyed three because it was. I just wanted more Tommy Lee Jones because I loved that character so much. Yeah, okay. As much as I enjoyed the younger version of him, which was played by... Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Yeah, who did Mr. Cable and Thanos coming out soon. Yep. Um, But um, I just just like Tommy Lee Jones. Always have. Yeah. Great character. Mm. But no, it was fantastic. What are your thoughts, Zach, now that you're back with us after looking after my puppy? Um, (laughs) No, I actually really enjoy this. So I remember watching this first with my dad. My dad introduced me to this series because... me and my dad are both big Will Smith's fans, um, music career-wise and yeah. movie film-wise. Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Um, um, Will Smith's album, Big Willie Style, was the very first album I ever owned. Really? Which wow. is definitely not the style of music that I listen to. Not anymore, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, no, look, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think Will Smith just back then, post Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, um, real kind of late 90s, he was just so charismatic. What came out first, Men in Black or Independence Day? Um, Independence Day. I think that was 95. And 95. Then, yeah, he's him back then. He's he was the go-to guy for charismatic, yeah, um, funny, funny, and just like kind of hot, brash kind of these young characters. Independence and, Day '96, but yes, yeah, still before. Um, and it, it just works really well with that juxtaposition of him and Tommy Lee Jones. I feel like mm. it's just because Tommy Lee Jones strict. I mean, it's very stereotypical. Um, by the rules, kind of cop, and then you've got um Will Smith, who's really um like he doesn't want to uh play by the rules and stuff like that. Yeah, very so like fresh face kind of thing. Yeah, but look, I really enjoyed it. I thought it's, it was really an intriguing concept because there was nothing mm. that I had seen um, yep. up to that point that was really similar to that. Yeah. Um, really fun. The visual effects held up fine for that kind of, and the makeup and everything was really cool. Yeah, yeah like it was quite groundbreaking. It was, yeah. No, it was really brilliant. And um, just, just, it was just, as Andrew said, it was just a lot of fun. Like it's the same with Indiana mm. Jones. It's just a fun movie just to sit down. And watch really entertaining. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I do. I really like the first one. Mm. Um. Second one, I don't mind. Uh. Third one was all right. I enjoy the third one because it has Jermaine Clement in it from Father Concord. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very funny. But yeah. Oh, there you go. I'd say I. I much preferred the third. I thought I would even dare say that I think now the third one's got a bit of nostalgia, like 
um, running with it, but I actually think probably third might be yeah. my favourite. Mm. And but, the third doesn't really say there's not going to be any more. It just... Well, they were actually adamant about not doing it. Yeah. Um, that's why it took so long because they did one, they did two, and the... Because uh, Will Smith obviously became a big part of it mm. um, in terms of like the producing side and... And money. He, and well, money. yeah, that too. Um, and he and the, I think it was the original writer were basically like, yeah, no, we don't want to turn this to like some franchise. So that's it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then it was like at a party, like 10 years later, where Will Smith is like, I've got an idea. I think we should do it. I think like, I think now's a good time. Um, and you know what? I think it yeah. was like, it, it didn't feel like they yeah. were just trying to cash in with a third. Like yeah. so many movie series seem to be doing. I remember when they were filming it, there was lots of articles and, um, complaints about Will Smith while they were while they were filming because of his really? his trailer in New York. Yeah. His trailer was uh, so big and it excreted so much smoke and gas that the um the neighborhood complained about about it and he just oh. didn't really care. Wow. Because he was happy with his trailer. <laughs> <laughs> That's um it's not so great. <laughs> no, it's not so great. But oh well. Those yeah. were just some of the reviews. Yeah. Well Let's bring it into our present. So, this episode, we are talking about the new Blade Runner 2049, mm. but I want to take a quick pause um, and talk about the original, just, just for a minute or two. Yeah, okay. Um, so, first of all, ha- have we all seen the original? Yes. Yep. Yep. I made sure I watched it and I never went and saw the new one, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's... Okay, so the... The original, it's based off um, a story by Philip K. Dick, mm-hmm. a novel called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of, it's not a direct uh, adaptation, but it's kind of inspired by, and it, it focuses around Harrison Ford's character, whose name is Rick Deckard, and mm-hmm. he is essentially a kind of like a cop, but his main role is to hunt down replicants. And replicants are basically like artificial humans mm-hmm. that have been made. Androids. Andro- mm-hmm. Well... Yes. Yeah, okay, we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, this is my question. Yes. Very quick question. Why, why were they hunting them down? What had they done wrong? Well, they weren't allowed on Earth. Okay. That was the main reason. So, Kind of off-world yeah, labor. Yeah, off-world like, slave labor because yeah. they could be made stronger and yeah. um, stuff like that. Um, but basically, in the original, four of them come back, steal a ship, come back to Earth to try and find their creator. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harrison Ford has to track them down. Because they didn't want to die, that's right. They yes, that's like right. Four years yeah, they've only experience. got a small, a small life. Um, now, what are your thoughts on the original? Just very quickly. Cool. What cut? I watched... Well... I watched the original. When okay. we first saw it together, like many years ago, we watched the director's cut. Which okay. was not the one to watch. Well, we have a friend who swears by the theatrical cut. I watched the which theatrical has, cut with the voiceovers. With the voiceovers. I enjoyed it. The, okay. one, the one we watched together, I did tune out after a while. Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Zach? Um, I watched the director's cut. Yep. That's the one I've watched. Mm. Um, look, I feel like, and I'll discuss this when I'm talking about 2049, Blade Runner is not your typical sci-fi. It's very, um, I'll, well, I want to say it's smart sci-fi. There's not, there's not a lot of action scenes towards it. It's very slow in pace and mm. slow in storytelling. And it's really that kind of question... Um, of like, what does it mean to be human? Yeah. Um, how and how androids relate to that, which is what Ridley Scott definitely has um been trying to portray in his movies through Blade Runner, and most recently through Alien Covenant as well. Yeah. Um. So look, I don't, I don't really mind it as well. Um. I mean, it's okay. I feel like it is a bit slow, 
And yep. that's just probably me, just being a millennial. No, I, I would agree with you. Yep. Um, it, was, it was a different take on sci-fi from what I gathered. Yeah, they which were is trying exactly, something different. Yeah, they yeah. Are, yeah, and which is what Blade One is known for. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. Uh, I mean, it's not my top movies, but I certainly appreciate for what it is and what it's done for sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. And and that right there is what was what I'm gonna say. There's lots of things I like about the original Blade Runner. The story mm-hmm. is not one of them. But what it did for the genre yeah, and that kind definitely. of film noir meets sci-fi and mm-hmm. those kind of that setup and that 80s style of sci-fi. Yeah. Mm. Like lots of it is great. The story, I think, is not. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it had very good intentions, but I think that's what you're saying. It's a bit slow. Mm. And even at the end of it, it's kind of like what happened? Um, okay. Now I know that more actually now the new ones come out i'm realizing that there are more people who share that similar opinion of like they like they appreciate the movie as opposed to really like it Mm -hmm. um the original that is but i know that it is herald it's sorry it's held up as this like amazing sci-fi and it's the best ever which i never really got yeah which i i'm maybe not popular with i don't agree with no like i I definitely don't agree with that i appreciate it but yeah anyway well that's 2049 yeah so that's the that's the original um, Blade Runner. And then there was a new Blade Runner, which came out recently, starring Ryan Gosling. Um, and Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford did come back, yes. Yep. Um, for, and it was called Blade Runner 2049. Mm. Um, so Blade Runner 2049 was directed by Denis Villeneuve. Yep. I don't know if I said that correctly. Yeah. Um, who is probably best known as the director of The Arrival. Um, yep. It was written by Hampton Fancher, mm-hmm. who wrote the original yep. or co-wrote, yep. um, and also Michael Green, who's mm-hmm. written Logan, Green Lantern, um, and American <laughs> Gods. and Also Alien Covenant as well. Oh, well, there you go. I missed <laughs> that one. Whoops. <laughs> That's all good. Um, and yeah, so it's, it focuses on, uh, it's the sequel to the original cult classic. Mm-hmm. Oh, so for the record, the original came out in 1982. And it's set in 2015. And it's set in 2015. <laughs> That's right. And then... This new one is obviously, as the name suggests, set in 2049. Mm. Um, yeah, so the idea is that um, Blade Runners are these people who, like Rick Deckard, who find replicants and, quote, retire them, unquote. Mm. Um, and these replicants aren't allowed on Earth. They're only there for off, off-world slave labor in colonies mm. and stuff Which like that. Which is still that. happening at this new kind of... Um, yes, that's still, right. Mm. And the replicant models have progressed even further to those mm. of um, level eight and nine. Yeah. yeah. So, um, quick sidebar. We are going to be talking about this movie spoiler-free for the first moment, well, for the first few minutes, and then when we want to start talking about elements of the story and things like that, which will be... Which we um, definitely will. Which we will definitely be covering, that's right. Um, we will forewarn you. So, if you are wanting to see this movie um, and you don't want anything spoiled for you, we will give you warning when we're going to get into that territory. <laughs> but let's begin right. with um, thoughts on the new one. What do you think? Look, I enjoyed it. I, as I was saying before, you got to come into this movie. I think expecting Blade Runner. I think, I think you yep. you can't come into this movie expecting a sci-fi movie such as Star Wars, mm. Interstellar, anything like that. Because um, if you do, then your viewing experience will be so much like you'll be hampered by it so much. Because yeah, yeah is, I agree. This is Blade Runner. Like mm. true, it's extremely t- true to the source material, and it um also, it doesn't do anything new with it it really kind of extends it i think as well okay. yes i 100 percent agree with you yeah there. um and by blade by being kind of blade runner um it's very slow 
it's like this film is 244 minutes um, 200 two hours and 44 minutes yes um so it's, it is a bit of a slog um it's slow there's not a lot of action in it it's very smart sci-fi as i said mm. really focusing on the philosophical questions of what does it mean to be human can mm. androids be human and can hand- androids have the same qualities of that of a human live the same life yeah that's right um so for that i did enjoy it i did enjoy for what it was which is it's blade runner smart yeah. sci-fi um a particular standout to me of a few was a cinematography. The cinematography is beautiful. Mm. In cinematography film. was done by uh, Roger Deakins, who yeah. is known for The Shawshank Redemption, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Jarhead, True Grit, Skyfall. Mm. Mm. And I will, I will agree with you there. So I, I really enjoyed this. Oh. Really, really enjoyed this. Yeah. I think that it is far better than the original. Mm-hmm. Um, but quickly again, the cinematography is... Mm outstanding oh it's yeah. so beautifully encaptures like it encaptures the original like the sense mm, and the yeah. scale of the cinematography that it had so lots of um these kind of like um these pans that move into these big wide kind of long locked off shots yeah and, and it, it's very he's he's done very well at um imitating the 80s style of mm, filming even yeah. though now obviously in you know 2017 we have cameras that can you know, fit in your pocket that can outdo some of the older cameras mm-hmm. and our style of shooting, especially with things like drones and um, things like that, it changes how uh, movies get shot. However, Roger Deakins has very, very well studied that kind of, well, I mean, he's, he's been doing this for a very long time. Oh, he's got but, 13 Oscar nominations. Yeah, but not wow. a single win. Mm, I think he might win for this. I, I think he should. Yes. It is, every scene is picturesque. Mm. The color grading is amazing. Oh, and the aesthetics, so yeah. true to the original. Yes. yes. Like, so. it, is, it is a work of art, mm. just like visually it is just outstanding. Because the first one just really pulled like sci-fi aesthetic in such interesting and new directions as well. Yeah, I agree. Like that really kind of neo-noir kind of style, a real rundown trash-filled city. Yes. Um, I do think that this film isn't as as such as a noir as the um, original is. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's less... So in the original, it's very dark. It's there very, are scenes where it's just silhouettes. Very dark. And, very more kind of crime-driven, like yeah. detective going to find out these murder. Um. So yeah, but every shot I think is really purposeful. Every shot has mm. been constructed for a particular reason. Like yeah, there's it's just it's really really well done, really mm. picturesque. It, yeah. So Roger Deakins mm. needs to get an yeah. Oscar for this. It is so so so. And well then done. the acting all around as well was yep. very solid. Uh, Ryan Gosling did an amazing job with his character. Just throughout, I think he did a really good job with his character. Yeah. So Ryan Gosling uh, plays the lead role as Kay. Mm. Um, Harrison Ford comes back for to reprise um, Deckard. Rick, Rick Deckard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has um, a number of other um, people in it, most notably um, Robin Wright as uh, Lieutenant Joshi. Yep. Um, and then uh, Anna de Armas as Joy. As Joy. And then Jared Leto is the main villain of this film as well. Um, yeah. Which which we'll, is, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, in spoiler but, which is very interesting, yes. Yeah. Um, also, the visual effects, of course, are really solid in here when used, um, which I think is um, it's good because there wasn't a lot of action scenes in this film as well. Mm. It was more kind of very picturesque, long, wide shots. So I think that definitely kind of helps save the budget as well. Yeah, there's lots of like um, set up shots mm. where it's a, yeah, as you said, big wide shot. Yeah. Tells you where you are and everything yeah. like that. Um, but when the scene does action scenes, it does them very well and very brutal, yeah, brutally yeah, as well. Like yes. this film, I feel like it's so much more darker than the original in the sense that it's quite, it's very um, more violent and 
bad, yes, gra- <laughs> bad, bad grammar. Sorry for all you listeners out there. Yep. Um, it yeah, is much more violent. Yep. Much more violent. A lot more adult themes as well to do with androids and what their purpose is in this kind of 2049. Yes. Um, but look, really enjoyed it. Acting all around was very solid. The plot as well. The plot, I feel like the plot had a very um, heavy character focus on K. Almost yes. feel like it was a character study of sorts, I feel like, throughout the film. It was really focusing on him and his journey yep. and his place um, in the film and in the mythos of Blade Runner. Yeah, which, which sounds like... Bo- it sounds boring. Exactly. It yeah. sounds like, oh, we're following the journey of K. Like, mm. seriously, go, like, it's so, 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 so well done. Yeah. Um, right, the one thing that I actually do really appreciate about this movie as well is it's not very expositional. Yes, it's not. like there is, there is nothing. There's no like drawn out conversation between mm. two characters that yeah. explain to you, you know, what's happened yeah. um, to the world in the meantime. There's nothing that explains. Like there is, there is one screen that has text on the start, mm. which tells you basically the, the setup for the it, yeah. setup for 2049 from the original. Yeah. Um, but Just that being said, I, yeah. Well, I actually saw it with someone who hadn't seen the original. Okay. Yeah. And he. Oh, it was Adam. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was Adam. Adam from a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um, he hadn't seen the original and he was fine. He yeah. understood it. He, mm-hmm. There was nothing that was um, confusing for him. Um, it's yeah. so much just telling narrative through kind of aesthetic, through, yeah. through the setting, through the plot. It's so, and that's what I think separates the good films from the great films, films that are able yeah. to tell the plot just through their setting, not having to ha- dump loads of exposition. I mean, there is yeah. one load at the start, but that's kind of written. So I feel like you yeah. can look past that of sorts, even though it is a little bit cliche yeah. and a bit. You know. The other yeah. thing that I really, really appreciate this, which is I think what you're touching on before when you were saying like smart sci-fi, um, it leaves a lot of questions unanswered. Yes. It doesn't, it doesn't spell it out for you. Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't get there and go, oh, like, you know, something happens on screen and oh, let me just confirm it yes. in this dialogue, just yes. in case no one got it. Yeah. Which one of one of my pet peeves is I think we've mentioned this before, the Life of Pi movie mm-hmm. at the very end where they just spell out exactly what was given to you in this clever way. Yeah. And they're like, oh, just in case you didn't get it, let me just say it for you. Yeah, yeah. None of that in this. Yeah. There's a lot of things where it's like, well, I don't know. I think maybe he's thinking this, or maybe it was this, and yeah. but it doesn't it doesn't yeah. spell it out for you. Cool. Should we go on to spoilers now? Um, or is there anything else you want to touch on? Or? Well, uh, yeah, no. Let's. I think we'll go into spoiler territory. There's one particular thing I do want to talk about, but I think it might be better if we relate okay. it to what's happened in the okay. plot. So, cool. if you are planning on watching this movie, now would be the time to perhaps turn us off um, and come back to it at a later date. Mm. But we are now going to enter into spoiler territory. Mm. So, one of the things I... Well, actually, there's lots of things. There's lots of things I love about this movie. Um, I think 2049 succeeds where the original, in my opinion, didn't succeed. Okay, and that is the idea of like what it means to be human. Oh man, definitely. I think that 2049 again, it doesn't spell it out for you, but it mm. it uh, gives you that kind of question and yeah. engages in that in a far better way. And it part does. of that is to do with. Um, Things like new cinematography and special mm-hmm. effects and mm-hmm. visual effects, which help, um, like relate that. Yeah. But the idea of like what is human and like you know is, for instance, a replicant who um has been constructed essentially, are they human? Mm. And you know is, you know is killing them 
different to killing a human being, mm. you know, what is love? Is it possible for a mm. non-human, mm. Oh, sorry, a sin, like a replicant mm. to feel love? Yeah. And then engaging it with um, uh, the character of Joy where Kay is in love with a artificial intelligence, like mm-hmm. a hologram computer. Yeah. Mm. That's kind of one of the main kind of, or that's what you really serves as that kind yes, of interest yeah. that kind of brings him, um, it kind of brings out the human in him because what I thought was awesome is in the trailers, they did not reveal that Kay is actually a replicant himself. Yeah, that's right. And they reveal that in the first five minutes of the film. Mm. So I, I actually have to, I have to applaud um, Warner Brothers and yep. Dennis Villeneuve, can't pronounce his last yeah. name, on doing that because that was a genuine Villeneuve. surprise for me. I mean, that could have been spoiled just like that in the first trailer, but they exactly. decided to keep it a secret. And yeah. it adds so much more layers to his character because throughout the film, he's trying to discover, like, I'm he's wrestling with the concept of him killing his own people. Yes. Like at the start when he's versing um, Dave Batista, who is a replicant, he's got to hunt him down. Dave Batista says straight to his face as he's on the ground, he's like, what does it feel like to kill your own kind? Yeah. Before Kay shoots him right in the face. And throughout the film, he's wrestling like, why am I killing my own people? Mm. Like I'm killing, does that make me more human or does it make me less human? Exactly. And wrestling with the fact like, where have I come from? Um, and he's getting all these flashbacks um, to lead that, to link that he might be human or something like yeah. that. And he's just wrestling with this just identity crisis. I think that was, Ryan Gosling did a fantastic job. He's very, very well done. His acting amount, is superb. Oh, the amount this. of, because, um, you know, they do shots in multiple takes from different angles, depending on yep. energy, to consistently perform um, some of the most vulnerable scenes at that energy, just bawling his eyes out, angry yeah. for what is, you know, like a constructed scene. It's a constructed mm. door. It's just, it's crazy. Extremely good. I think he, he also very well, um, in my opinion, he... He's almost like robotic in his emotions and stuff like that. He doesn't, he doesn't portray, sorry, yeah, he doesn't portray a lot of emotions like on his face mm-hmm. and things like that. And one thing that I actually, now, I'm actually starting to read the original um, novel by Philip K. Dick because I don't know if I've just, if this was just a blind spot that I missed, but I was always under the assumption that these replicants were androids, that is, like, made of metal and wires. Mm-hmm. And they're not. Mm. They are flesh and blood and bone, which is, which sets up the premise for this story. And this is big spoiler now. This is the central kind of the, yeah, plot, yeah. The central theme is that um, Harrison Ford, in the original um, movie, basically falls in love with this replicant who is thought to. She thinks that she's human. Yeah. Mm. Because she was given memories, and that was mm-hmm. she was the first. Uh, replicant that was given basically false memories, which in 2049 is now standard. Kay has memories of his childhood. And he knows that and they're he, not his. Exactly. He yeah. knows they're not real. Mm. Um, but yeah, in so in this one, it actually focuses around uh, Harrison Ford's character and this replicant whose name's escaping me at the moment. It's portrayed um, by Sean Young. Sorry? Sean Young is the love, the love interest that Harrison Ford... In the, in the oh, oh sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, they have a child. Mm. which is thought to be impossible. Mm. Mm. And so... It's heavily implied that Deckard's actually a replicant as well. Mm. You know what? I never got that. Didn't you? In the original, that never, no, never, never really. entered in my head as a possibility. Jared Leto heavily implies it in some lines of dialogue. I can't remember, but I remember mm. reading an article. Like, that's the big... Like, I remember hearing that mm. and, like, reading about it. People being like, oh, you know, the reason that it's, you know, that Rick Deckard is so good at hunting them down is because he's a replicant himself. Mm-hmm. I and again watching it recently and 
having that in my mind, I kind of like kept my eye out for it. I do not see that, not even a little bit. No. Which even makes the premise more interesting that a human is able to um, have a baby with a replica. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, as you were saying. No, no. Well, so that's, uh, I can't even remember what my original point was now. <laughs> but yeah, so it focuses around um, trying to find this child because if, well, sorry, it, it leads back to that question of what is human. Now, if a replicant can create life, oh. mm-hmm. Well, then they're not just slave labor. Exactly, they're not, they're not just, just synthetically yeah. made. Can mm. never they're reproduce actually, and mm. die. Mm. Yeah. They can actually exactly. And well, if you think about this child, if we think you know human DNA and replicant DNA, mm-hmm. well, that child didn't get made for a purpose. Mm. He no. was a product of love, and he mm. was. Oh, sorry, yep. Um, she was a product of love, and she was born, and she had these. You know, she had a genuine life and mm. so that gets back to you know well are replicants human or not and mm. so yeah if, but if they, can, if they can co-create then that means replicants have dna well and this this is what i was saying like i always thought that they were especially considering the title of the book is do androids dream of electric sheep yeah. always thought that they were metal and white and so yeah. when this movie they dig up bones and they're like oh it's a replicant i was like wait what, what? <laughs> And again, that might be a blind spot for me. Maybe I was just being. But naive. is there anything inside the bones? It's a serial number on the bone. Like yeah, that's bone. it. But it's still so. But in, it's like microscope. But it's not telling you what the the bones are made out of. No. no well, no, they're, they're bone. They yeah. are bone. They are genuine. Yeah, yeah. Bone? So they yeah. actually think that they are human bones when they dig them up. Okay. And but it's only room. when they actually realize that there's a serial number on the bones that right. they go, "Oh, this is this is a replicant." Mm. Um, and that's how they yeah. then work yeah. out who it was. And mm. well, I'm kerfuffled. Well, this. Yeah, I had to digest the story for I reckon about a, mm. I reckon two days. I had to digest it and yeah. just think about it because it's yeah. so heavily layered. Yeah, and mm. there's so many possible meanings and outcomes, and it's just really well written with great respect to the original. I mean, it helps that yeah. one of the co-writers wrote the original, so yeah. he can extend upon that. Mm. Um, what I thought was not great. Um, okay. Jared Leto as the villain. I really enjoyed his performance really creepy he's essentially the new tyrell um he bought his and his company bought the tyrell corp and he mass produces replicants um another film in which he was really underutilized as a villain i think he was i reckon he was on a total 15 minutes on yeah screen. it's interesting you say that because i was listening to some other people talk about this and they basically didn't they don't like jared leto as an actor basically i think possibly from like you know suicide squad being a bit not, Such a good actor. He's well, a that's great it. I, actor. I think he's brilliant. But they basically said it's like he's not in there as much as you think. He basically comes on, gives his kind of scene, which he mm. does very well, very very well. Mm. Yeah, and then he leaves again. Yeah, and so and then he um, comes back, and then he comes back again, and, and yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So which sucks. Um, it sucks to see because he's a great actor. Um, he, really interesting character as well. This kind of head of a company that makes replicants and the way he interacts with them as well mm. he's there's this the scene his standout scene is where um this replicant essentially kind of gets um released out of her kind of bubble or, a yeah, so or whatever. essentially born yeah yep. um and he's really interacting with her seeing her purpose he's like you know touching her trying to explain to her all the time delivering a monologue about um how can he make so many and how they're and every civilization's built off a disposable workforce and then at the end he's just like kill it after delivering his really emotional kind of mm. speech about what it means to be an android, he just like kill it. And his um his assistant, who is a replicant, just starts like crying and stuff yeah. like that while he cries. So that and that is a very very full on scene. Mm. Um, 
it's quite graphic. Yeah. So if anyone who is kind of like a bit queasy of that, that is probably the most graphic scene. Yeah. It's not that you actually see anything, but it's you like it's the implications of what Very you do implied. see. Yeah. So yeah, if you are a bit queasy, for warning, you might want to close your eyes. Yeah. I mean, this film is MA in Australia. It's yes, R that's in right. America, so fair warning. Yeah. Mm. Um. But yeah, look, that kind of wraps up what I thought. That's my only kind of crux with the film is mm. that um. Jared Leto was in it enough. We'd like to see him more. And but of would course, you, would you prefer a character coming on and being great for a short period of time, or being on for longer but being less memorable? I, I well, here's this thing. I think Jared Leto was already be already so memorable. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're really kind of they only he only stayed in one place the entire film, which is his kind of his headquarters yep. of his company. He didn't go anywhere else. That yeah. was designated to his sidekick, who's does a great job mm. i just oh, i just think it's a missed opportunity to be honest i mean yeah, poor okay. guy got ripped into um about suicide squad you know um which i think he was great anyway. he, he was great and i feel like he just wasn't given enough screen time or enough depth in the script to deliver mm. the performance yeah my my thought is he's not really been given a chance to sink his teeth into it yeah it's like this is your role you're this gonna role do this scene, this scene yeah. this scene this scene deliver what you can and that's mm. that's what you get yeah, you know, but then you look at him in that movie with Matthew McConaughey, um, Dallas, Dallas Buyers Club. Dallas Buyers Club. He was in that movie more or less the whole thing. He got an Oscar. And he got an Oscar for it. He was so good in that movie because he was yeah. got the opportunity to really explore that character, A trans character, do do different okay. things, have big long scenes. He's mm. always moving around with the main character. Yeah. Mm. Where obviously by the sounds of this one, which I haven't seen, yeah, he is stuck in one place. Yeah. He has a few interaction scenes. Which apparently he delivers well. Out, like, but that's, they make the movie. Like, that's all. Okay, that's maybe all not he make gets. the movie, but yeah. he's very like they are extremely important, very strong scenes. He's mm. he does very very well yeah. in it. Imagine if he was the bad guy that he is, but he was still the real antagonist, mm. chasing mm. him down, running after him. Yeah, it would it would give it a different dynamic. That's for it sure. It would. Yeah, but look, I think at the end of the day, essential going to this film expecting Blade Runner. You can't expect yeah. any other sci-fi film because you won't get the same feeling from it, expecting mm. Blade Runner. You yeah. won't. I feel like if I went to this film and I slightly did not expecting as much Blade Runner, I, mm. I was left a little disappointed at the end because it was just so long. Then I thought about it. I you know, digested it. I'm like, no, this is Blade Runner. This mm. isn't Star Wars. Or and, yeah. And, yeah. and that, that's, what, that's what I like getting back to my original point. I think this, I think 2049 succeeds where um, the original, I think, in my opinion, doesn't as well. The, the very last thing I just want to touch on, which I think is actually brilliant, is that getting back back to visual style um roger deacon sets this world uh with the 80s view of the future not the 2017 view of the future it's good yeah so it's the same kind of like trashy style there's you don't like people don't have cell phones yeah for instance and what's what's the gaming console that was atari there's a massive logo (laughs) for atari Atari. which hasn't existed since 1984 the software development still exists, but yeah. the company aren't they exist- trying real hard to come back, especially after they, this movie? They are actually well, yeah. kind of. It, that's actually very interesting. Can't for another day. Yeah, um, and also there's a big lo- well, not a big logo, but there's a logo for Pan Am, Ugh. which hasn't existed since '91, like yeah. at all. And so it's that they're not trying to update it; they're yeah. trying to create a, a very a continuation. good continuation, exactly continuation yeah. from the original. And yeah. I think it does it very, very well. And it's not a reboot; it's definitely a continuation. No. That's good. Yeah, look, I would highly recommend it. Mm. Um, highly, highly recommend it, mm. especially you know even if you haven't seen the original. Yeah, it is mm. brilliant. Yeah, very good. Well, I say we take this sci-fi ness and travel to the future. And That's what we're right. excited about. Mm. Exactly. So uh, that wraps wraps up our present into mm. the future. Um, I'm going to start it off 
Go for not it. a sci-fi. I'm going to be talking about a uh, film coming out called Blade of the Immortal. Mm. Now, I actually saw this trailer when I went to go and see. I haven't seen the trailer, but saw the poster with you, and it definitely is catchy to the yes. eye. <laughs> so, I, like, I saw the poster, so I was like, oh, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then saw the trailer when I went and saw Blade Runner 2049, and was just like, oh, my goodness, this looks amazing. Mm. Now, it is super violent <laughs> by the looks of it. Uh, but basically, the idea is that um, it, it centers around two kind of characters. One is a very highly skilled samurai. Um, he becomes cursed with immortality after a legendary battle. And he's haunted by the brutal murder of his sister. Mm. And so, he knows that fighting evil is the only way to get his soul back. And he promises to help out a young girl who's the other kind of main character, at least as far as I can tell. Mm. Um, helps he, he promises to help her avenge her parents. So, he's part acting as her kind of weapon but also he's training her and things like that mm. um and so yeah he has to basically go through and essentially like slash up mm. a million people this is an american as well this is a japanese yep. film and uh, so subtitles and japanese and that's right yeah and there is this there's this thing i found online someone who wrote this uh little thing it says if you're going to see one outlandish and occasionally nauseating bloodbath samurai pick this year this is the one mm. <laughs> Um, the reason it stood out to me is because it's, so it is the 100th film by Takashi Miike. Now, I don't know if I'm saying that right. 100th film? 100th film. I was shocked as well when I heard it, eh? Like if, Who if has we, that time? If we break it down, <laughs> if he was making films for 50 years, that's still two a year. Two films a year. And you've got pre-production exactly. of like two films. Would, in. He would be pre-producting one while he's starting another. Oh, he'd yeah. be pre-production two films. Now, he's... he's you know oh what? I'm looking up gosh. now. The guy is 57. Wow. Like, he's not even that old. Um, when did he start? When he was 15? I'm not sure. Um, How many Spielberg done? 25? Maybe? Max? No, he's done uh, a bit more. I he's think. done a lot of producing as well, but... Yeah. No, let's talk about films. Just directing. I'm, yeah, I'm not I'd say sure. around the 30s and 40s, to be honest. Okay. Possibly. But yeah, 100th film. Yeah. One thing, though, that, that really stuck out to me is it's... Very, very much, at least in my opinion, it feels like the old, like super old, um, like slasher mm-hmm. samurai films. Seven, seven samurai. And exactly. Like and wow. it, it looks like those Star where it's like, we, we want to make a movie and it's kind of got a bit of a plot, but we mainly just want to show off the these people. And yeah, and the fight skills, choreography and these people yeah. who have like trained for their entire lives and they are brilliant at the martial arts they do. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of shot that way. But it's still, and it's got like, you know, very grainy footage and that, those kind of uh, camera shots that are yeah. very old, old school now. I, I saw the trailer, like instantly was just like, mm. I want to talk about this. I want to see it. Yeah. I actually saw the trailer when I was watching Blade Runner as well. Um, oh, yeah. And it really interested me. I'm like, because um, I saw the poster outside when I was walking to the cinema. I was like, this yep. film, this looks weird. Um, <laughs> and then I w- watched the trailer and I was like, man, this looks sweet. And I want to see it for the exact same reasons as Tyson, yeah. the cinematography, mm. just the choreo- the action choreography as well. You want to see what they're going to deliver. Or yeah. just, yeah. It's so distinct from any Western film as well, the Japanese choreography. Yeah, that's it's right. so yeah. just action choreography um, in your standard Hollywood films, you know, very yeah. um, hero on villain, kind of um, punching and stuff like that. This yeah. is just like this crazy, you know, High octane, real aerial. Um, think hero. Yep. Think the Matrix and stuff like that. Yeah. Those types of things. You um, think one other series could have borrowed heavily from this? Since well, he is a martial art expert. Well, one. <laughs> Stop. Almost. Um, a film that actually, if you want a bit more of a Western kind of yeah. thought about it. Now, obviously, I'm not sure if everyone's kind of seen this. It's very well, not niche, not very niche, but it's a bit. Um, Kill Bill, 
mm. volume one, oh, so good. where the bride goes to um, uh, fight uh, Lucy Liu's character, whose name is Jason at the moment. Yeah. yeah, and that kind of scene where it's her um, against the, the whole third act, the um, the, the crazy eighty eight, crazy yeah. eighty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, if you think of that style, yeah, Quentin Tarantino essentially copied these kind of kinds of films. True influence. It, well, so, well yeah. yeah, that's probably a better. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Zach. That's, that's much that's much better. Yeah, look, if yeah. you enjoyed that movie, then you're definitely going to enjoy this. Yeah. That's for so, sure. So, it's, yeah, very, I'm super excited about I it. I am as well. And yeah, that's, uh, that's it. So, um, that's cool. my future. Let's move on to you, Andrew. What, what are you bringing to the table that's I, coming out? I'm bringing kind of a heartwarming film from what I got from the trailer. It's a yep. movie called Downsizing. Mm. Yep. Starring uh, Matt Damon and Kristen Wiig. Mm. Mm-hmm. So now the premise is some company mm-hmm. has created a way to shrink people. Yeah. And yeah, as a as a response to like the food crisis. Food the, crisis of the and overpopulation kind of yeah. and all of that. And the way it works is when you downsize, so say you have a bank balance of a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. You become a multimillionaire when you downsize. Yeah, because the idea is so, that yeah. you like, for instance, to buy an apple for thirty cents would not feed you for a day, but when you're only how how small do they shrink themselves down to? Four inches or something. Four inches. Yeah, four inches. And obviously yeah. that yeah. lasts you a lot longer. So and it's, the yeah. main premise is it's irreversible. Mm, so yeah. once once you're small, that's it. So Matt Damon gets on the bed with his wife. <laughs> yeah. You know, preparing the to be downsized. Medical yep. table. And uh, <laughs> and Matt Damon gets shrunk, wakes yep. up to you've got a phone call. Okay. Answers the I, phone. I don't actually think I've seen this particular trailer. Yeah. Answers the phone and his wife has run out. She hasn't downsized with him. So he oh. shrunk on his own and now he has to stay like this on his own. Forever. Forever. Okay. That, okay. So that's, I should probably go and have a look at that trailer because one of the things I was going to say is that the trailer I saw, which, was, which must have been the first trailer, yeah. it doesn't tell you what the conflict of the movie is going to be. Okay. Yeah. So I was kind of like, I think this is very interesting. I'm interested mm. to see what the main conflict is going to be. Yeah clearly did not realise yeah. that that's, that's now been yeah. released. Isn't now, this supposed to be a satire as well? I think like, so, yeah. It's yeah. a very huge satire. Well, that's yeah. what I got from it because um, I watched the trailer and I'm like, that just looks really interesting. I just thought it was funny that Matt Damon's like downsizing to like four inches. I just yeah. thought that was hilarious. Um, and then I looked because um, this is made the film festival circuit, Cannes, South by Southwest. Um, and I looked at the user score and it was something like six or something. Then the Metacritic mm-hmm. score was like 80 or something. And I'm like, okay. oh, that's a bit weird. What, why is that? And apparently it's some kind of social satire is what it's supposed to be on like, yeah. um, society and stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting subject matter for that. But look, yeah. I'm definitely, it's definitely an interesting topic mm. and subject to tackle for a satire. Yeah. Mm. But the rest of the trailer shows that obviously it go, he goes into this world where everyone mm. else sets downsides. It's like this gigantic table that's this world. And it's monitored by the company that shrunk everyone. And yep. he finds his way in this world and what his purpose is. And he actually finds the more, the poorer people of this world mm-hmm. and helping them. And he says, this is my purpose. This is what I want to mm. do is help yep. these people. And it's taken him shrinking to four inches to realize his purpose in life. Yeah. So like, it brings that little bit of heartwarming. And he goes on all these adventures and yeah. all these little, like going through all these nooks and crannies that obviously you could never yeah. do if you were a normal sized person. about helping the little people? Yes. Hey. Hey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And someone had to say it. So, no, I, I am mm. really looking forward to this yeah. movie. Because yeah. the director who directed this, just looking at his resume right now, mm. um, his name his name is um, Alexander Payne. So, he's directed films such as um, About Schmidt, um, mm. The Descendants, Nebraska. Um, That's Sideways. right, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. 
because I, I just thought that was because when I looked him up, I'm like, yeah. oh, Descendants. That was like, and really? thing, Oscar award winning. Yeah. The thing that I really liked about this movie, especially watching the trailer, because normally I skip over trailers because I'm like, it's not a comic book one. It's not something that I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I just, so I clicked on this one. Expand and, your and palette. What we spoke about in a previous episode about there's no original ideas anymore. Yeah. And here you go. Here's a nice original idea, something yep. that's totally out of left field. Mm. And it looks really good. Yeah. yeah. You know? Mm. I was actually, originally, when I think, Zach, you brought my attention to this originally, you were like, oh, this looks interesting. It's about um, how Matt Damon shrinks himself down to four inches. I originally was like, what? What? That sounds like <laughs> I mean, rubbish. Why? You, you just like cracking up laughing. Yeah. I was <laughs> just like, what a joke. Like, and, and you know what? I was actually, in my mind, I think I was falling back to that, like, really? There's no original ideas, but this is the one you come up with? Like, yeah. come on, I think you could do better. Obviously, now that we've talked out. about it a bit yeah. more mm. and I've actually looked into a bit, mm. I'm actually now a bit more interested in it and seeing where it's going to go and what they're going to explore. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, very interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. Zacharini? All right. All right. Mine, mine's a bit of a big one. Um, mm-hmm. Star Wars 8. That's what I'm talking about. Because, um, well, a trailer dropped, over, I want to say, two weeks ago. I think Before so. Before we talk about, about that trailer, have you seen the new teaser? Oh, what? The 45-second one? Yeah. yeah have, Luke yeah. Skywalker turning on the Millennium Falcon? Yeah, it's good. I yeah. have not. Okay. My heart skipped a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so a new trailer dropped out, and I don't. Th- I think well, anytime the Star Wars movie coming out, it's automatically the most anticipated film of the year. I feel yep. like. Yep. So this is, if you didn't know, written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson has also directed Looper, um, The Brothers Bloom. Have you yep. heard Brick. the speculation about him now as well? I have. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and various Breaking Bad episodes that yep. have been highly critically acclaimed. Okay. Um, so, obviously, it's the kind of continuation of episode seven, mm. um, where you've got um, Ray's on the island with Luke trying to figure yep. out her place. Um, Finn's just injured, Recovering. Recovering. Finn's who knows what. Mm. Um, and Kylo Ren's just... Um, brooding. He's just brooding and trying to... <laughs> and trying just- to Make a decision if he's going to kill his mum or not. Yeah, essentially. But who knows if that's what he's actually knows, doing. Yeah. So what I'm interested in this is that Ryan Johnson, um, if you've seen his film Looper, cypher film, which is very, very good. So good. Um, that film is very dark. It's very, yeah. lots of adult themes in it to do with um, basically um, younger versions of um, people killing older versions of themselves who yep. are criminals who've been sent back in time. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so, you don't know it as well. Exactly. You don't know if it's yourself or it's someone else. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see how Ryan Johnson, who typically has dealt with um, very mature and dark films, even mm. a film called Brick, which centered around um, Justin Gordon-Levitt around a um, high school kind of murder, hmm. not, okay. not not in the typical kind of like um, scream or anything like that, real yeah. serious um, drama, which he Ooh, wrote as well. Bring that to Star Wars. That's interesting. Well, this is exactly when it was first announced. It was directing. I'm like, it would be interesting to see how Ryan Johnson, who's directed some mm. dark and gritty films brings um his directing style to that of star wars which is very mm. um family oriented very universal you go but sit with your kids and you yes. find most of the directors have a playbook that they have to stick to of course yeah mm. you know? but so as but has if, probably but been if he evidenced by all the star yeah, wars directors that are being dropped yeah but if but. you if he's saying yes i'll do that for you like he'll do five things that they say and then he'll probably mm. have one idea like mm. can i maybe do this and then yeah. you probably let him. So, which I think it will because um, I mean, it, it looked definitely darker following oh, yeah. s- following suit in mm. Empire Strikes Back, and yeah. the kind of the sequel always has to be darker than the original. Yeah. Um. But yeah, look, looking forward most to probably Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. See where he yeah. goes mm. as a character, just from um, or from being really um in the in Episode Seven, being really like I want to finish what Darth Vader started to yeah. now, being what's holding me back? How can mm. I further? How can I um? Mm. 
go and to the dark side. Exactly, yeah. And of course, it's just it's flipping Star Wars, man. Yeah. Like, I want to see like what what happens next. Like, ugh. I want to see what Luke's going to bring to the table finally, yes. and what he has to say about the whole thing. Yeah. And um, is it Snoke? Snoke. Snoke. Yeah. I want to see who he is and why he is and why yeah. he's the big bad and why he's controlling everything. Look, I think this would probably be the most different Star Wars film. Like, I feel like the story is going to go in different directions than we've expected before. Yeah. I mean... In terms of the original canon or, like, all of them? And just in terms of, like... I mean, people are speculating that... Um, And I've got close friends and family who think that Luke is potentially going to go to the dark side. Yeah. Well, if you look at the two posters that came out, there's the light side with all the guys on the good side. Mm-hmm. And then there's the poster with all the bad side. Luke Skywalker's on both. Yeah. No mm-hmm. other characters on each one. Yeah. It's just him. I heard a, a theory about that. Um, Apparently... Now, when Disney bought um, Lucasfilm and they said they were, they were going to make Star Wars, one of the things they did actually set up is they said that all of the um, Star Wars books and literature that continue on after six are mm. now no longer canon. Yeah, they're redundant. Yeah. Yeah. They, Null and void. They, yeah. they basically said, that's not yeah. what happened anymore. We are making our own story. Yep. Um, which angered, obviously, a lot of people who had read those books and really enjoyed them. Yeah. Um, but someone, uh, something that I was listening to when they were talking about Star Wars, they said that... In, now, I haven't actually read any of the Star Wars books. It's yeah. just... It wasn't really something that ever came into my path. But apparently mm. there are, in the books, things called Grey Jedi, mm-hmm. which is the idea you've got light and you've got dark. Yeah. and you've got So basically good and evil, this kind of like neutral Jedi yeah. in the middle. And some people are speculating that the idea or that what might be brought into um, Star Wars 8 is this idea of Grey Jedi. Mm. Now, look, I'm not really thrilled about that because mm. I think one of the uh, cornerstones of the Star Wars universe is this light and dark. Dico- yeah, exactly, yeah. the dichotomy of light and dark and the whole story of redemption. And, like, because the whole trilogy, oh, sorry, the whole original series is about how um, Star, War, uh, yeah. Star Wars, how Darth Vader um, falls, but then is by, you know, the sixth film redeemed. Yeah. And so. I think if they were to bring in this this idea of Grey Jedi, I think that's it undoes a lot of what mm. Star Wars is and why people like it and why it's also such a timeless story, in my opinion. Yeah. That idea of good and evil gets played out like in every culture. Yeah. But like that story of redemption and yeah. So I think if they bring it in I hope they don't. And it's just a rumor. I just heard it. I've heard, yeah. seen nothing else about no, it since. No but. matter what we speculate until it's in our faces, we will have no yep. idea. Mm. So and not. That, and that's actually another thing I want to talk about. You know how we've been talking about how we don't like watching anything more than like the first trailer? Yeah. Because it gives away too much? Yeah. Now, I saw, we've obviously seen, I haven't seen this new one that you were talking about, 45 it Seconds. It literally shows nothing except for that one scene. Okay. It's like the World Series spot. Okay. Yeah, well, well, that's that's the thing I want to say. Like, I feel that the Star Wars trailers give you the anticipation of the feel of Star Wars mm. without giving you any plot points. Yeah, they're done it, it brilliantly. They, they do it so well. Yeah. yeah, Disney do it so. They know well. what they're doing. Well, they know what and what not to spoil. Yeah, they know yeah. how to entrance an audience to go watch the film. Exactly, so, and people yeah. already are because it's mm. Star Wars. Yeah, like, who's and not going to go see Star Wars? But you look at exactly. the first trailer that came out and. Ray's like, I just need to find out my place in all of this. And then there's mm-hmm. Kylo Ren handing out his hand. It's like, so come like, with me. Yeah. They're two completely different scenes. And if you can't mm. see that, you're a Muppet. But there's all those <laughs> speculations of like, oh, she's going to go to the dark side or Kylo Ren's going to help her. It's like, well, he's in some sort of volcano and she sat next to a fire. Yeah. Or not even a fire. There's just a light on behind her. Yeah. You know? And like, it's, I, <laughs> that's it. Like, I think it just, it gives you the, those themes and those ideas, but without saying, oh, by the way, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Definitely. 
later. But yeah, that's my future. Crypto mm. about Star Wars just before it came out. I just thought I'd squeeze that in. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Very, very excited for that. Ooh. All right. Well, that I think is all we've got time for for today. Mm. So, um, yeah, feel free to hit us up. We are on Twitter mm. at SRTW Podcast. Mm. Um, let us know what you thought about everything. Let us know what mm. you thought about Blade Runner. And if um, you missed us. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Um, leave us a review on iTunes or whatnot. Anything? Yes, give please. Us feedback. Yeah. Everything. If you could please leave us a review on iTunes, it helps just basically bring the show in front of more people. Um, yep. And give us feedback as well, guys. We, want we to do like to, feedback. Yeah, we yeah. want to engage with you, the community as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, but surely it will build. But yeah, it's something that we'll definitely want to be a part of and build. And even if you want to send questions, send questions in. We'll try and answer them. Yeah. Please do. Um, also, let us know how much you loved Hudson Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> Hudson Hawk. If we no, have no. any emails about Hudson Hawk, I will leave this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. I'll stop talking about that now. Um, but yeah, so let us know. I mean, we talked about Star Trek, Voyager, Men in Black, and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom from the past. Let us know what you thought about them, if you have yeah. the same nostalgic memories as us, or if you think we've perhaps <sighs> missed something. Mm. Um, yeah, Blade that. Runner 2049, let us know what you thought about the whole thing. And then we've got Blade of the Immortal downsizing and star wars episode eight the last yeah. jedi yeah, are you excited about that. all of them yes and um yes <laughs> i thought you were gonna say no <laughs> star wars <laughs> yeah, i don't care about that no. um so yeah as i said hit us up at srtw podcast on twitter mm. um and yeah we will see you next time in our next episode we are going to be covering thor ragnarok. ragnarok that's right it'll be very exciting but until next time, uh, we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to us. I'm Tyson. And I'm Andrew. And I'm Zach. And we will see you next time on Screen Review Time Warp. Yep. See ya.